Welcome everybody to the Clifton's Podcast. I'm your host, Clifton Grooms. Before we get on with tonight's episode, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors who have come on board here for the last couple of weeks. I want to give a shout out to the team at Tolly and Associates, also Nikki Grom and Barnes Roofing, Dave and Jen Schobrel, Robin Stacy Astuter. Also want to give a shout out to Patrick Lyle and the team there at American Family. Also want to give a shout out to um, Little Caesars of St. Joseph and our brand new sponsor, Adam's Bar and Grill. Thank you guys so much for your contribution. Thank you guys so much for your support of the podcast. Now on to tonight's episode. We're gonna, ladies and gentlemen, welcome everybody to the Cliff Notes Podcast. We are still here live at MIAA Basketball Media Day here at the College Basketball Experience. We are here with the head coach of the Missouri Western Women's Basketball Team, Candy Whitaker, joins me for the first time one-on-one. Coach, um, how are you? I'm well. You? I'm doing great. You know, it's around this time, you know, basketball is getting ready to be started. I can't believe it's basketball already. <laughs> it's here. Well, Coach, um, before we talk about Missouri Western basketball, I kind of want to go in time a little bit. Um, you were an um, alum at Texas Tech. Uh, obviously, a lot of people know that Patrick Mahomes went to Texas Tech. People like Michael Crabtree went there, and you played several seasons, made a couple Sweet 16 appearances with the Red Raiders. So just um, talk about some of those memories playing with Texas Tech. Yeah, at that time, um, Tech was such a national powerhouse and always kind of at the at the top of um, getting an opportunity to compete at the highest level. And um, I grew up um, just north of there, and so it was really a dream come true to play there and play in a program of that caliber. So you go, you go, you have your playing career. You start. You're your Valparaiso. Um, this is assistant coach there. Then you get hired on at Nor at UMKC, uh, the youngest, um, the youngest um, women's um, head Division One coach at the time. So just talk about what that was like. You know, getting thrown into the thrown into the fire there. Sure. So I started as an assistant at UMKC, and my boss at the time, um, who was a fantastic coach, got an opportunity in the WNBA. So when he left in December, um, they named me interim head coach. At um, and then fortunately for me, um, they did not open it up, but offered me the position at the end of that season. Um, and I was 26, and um, I had obviously gotten thrown in the interim position, and, and loved the new role, um, and super excited um, to have that opportunity. And a lot of you know, a lot of times in your life, it's being prepared but being in the right place at the right time and all of that came together for me so you you taste a success at umkc you get an assistant job at oklahoma state you come back and are now named the head coach at your alma mater texas tech um what was what was that feeling like you know getting to coach at your alma mater and getting to go back home well it was an honor um to 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 get that opportunity um we knew we were walking into a difficult situation but um, you know, wanted uh, to, to give it a go, and we worked really, really hard at it, um, but just just couldn't quite get it where we needed it to be. Um, but definitely proud of of the effort and um, the commitment we made um, as a staff and as a family to um, to try to get uh, that program back on top. Yeah. So Texas Tech passes. Um, you get hired on here at Missouri Western um, right after. Um, what about Missouri Western really intrigued you to come here? Well, um, I, Dr. Varda Bedian, I had grown up down the street from him. Um, and so when the job came opened and, and they reached out, I um, didn't know much about Missouri Western. But as I began researching and when I came on campus, I was really impressed with the facilities and I felt like it was a level um, that I would enjoy the competition and could um, hopefully, you know, get enough talent to, to win and, um, and get it get it back at the top. And 
um, you know, and, and took took the chance. It's always a chance when you take um, a job. You know, will it will everything kind of fall in place or will it not? And sometimes it's out of your control. Um, but we knew we'd work hard at it. Talk about that first season. You come in. You talked about them getting this program to where it needs to be. A twenty win season. Your first your first season here. So um, just talk about that experience of that first season and just the success you guys tasted. Yeah. So when we when we got here, there were I think we inherited six or seven players. So in two weeks of me um, taking the job, um, Coach Wacker came on board right away, and we probably hosted. 12 kids and signed six um, so we got to work right away I think I spent the whole budget in two weeks but um, recruiting but uh, luckily we were able to sign some great talent obviously Corbin Cunningham being at the top of that but Chris Wilson uh, was a one-year kid and um, and then we filled in with several that that made us more complete um, loved that group one of my favorite all-time teams just really embraced me um, and 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 we're really talented. You know, wish we had won a few more games and, and had an opportunity. Of course, COVID hit. We wouldn't have had the opportunity anyway. But um, loved that team. Thought they were really really talented. So you lose a bunch of players off that team. COVID hits. I mean, you know, it was something that pretty much all of us weren't um, ready for. You come in next season, almost a brand new team. Um, six wins. You mentioned it in the um, in the presser in there during the uh, media day, and just talk about um, you know a lot of coaches could sit there and be like you know get stressed out, or they can just throw in the towel during situations like that. But you talked about how fun this group was to be around, even during you know maybe not as many wins. Just talk about the challenges of that season. Yeah. COVID gave everybody a challenge. Um, for us, it started obviously in the spring in recruitment because we had not been there, um, you know, a full year yet even. And so the kids we signed in the fall, we had only, you know, recruited for one to two months max. Now we were recruiting kids we were planning on seeing at the National Junior College Tournament that was canceled. So now our recruitment went to all online. We probably did 25 online official visits quote um, official visits Um, so recruiting was really really tough that spring um, and we didn't really get the help we needed that spring to complete our freshman class thought we had signed a great freshman class but just didn't have enough help um, with some upperclassmen classmen because of because of COVID so we roll into that year with a ton of freshmen um, and some junior college transfers we have seven practices uh, before we start games and a lot of people didn't know that because our kids were in and out of quarantine we had one that was in quarantine for about 35 straight days because of contact tracing and so it was just a, a lot of lot of challenges and and you could see when we would have five freshmen on the floor at times I mean they, they were completely overwhelmed for months um, but because they were high character kids that came to work every day and had great attitudes. They kept getting better and they were coachable and they were positive and we tried to be as positive as we could with them um, and simplify things. And then before long, you know, you could see the wheels, you know, you know, really things start clicking and rolling. Um, and, and by the end of the year, we were playing Hayes and Carney to one possession ball game at the end. And I, I knew we were going to be okay. I knew we needed to go get some, some people that could rebound and do some things. And Connie was um, probably our biggest sign that spring because she filled in the rebounding gap. Um, but it was, it was those kids that went through that, I mean, that I thought really helped us turn the page. So those girls go through the uh, 2021 season. You go into 2022, um, another 20-plus win season um, for you guys. I'm going to ask about last season in a couple of parts here. And um, I want to stop at the MIAA tournament. Um, this is a team that went to the um, semifinals of the MIAA tournament, 20-plus wins. Um, 
maybe maybe don't know whether or not you're going to make the tournament. Maybe wasn't a guarantee. So can you just talk about the season up to that point? Yeah, we, um, you know, this league's hard. It's such a grind, and we had, um, you know, had a pretty pretty good season. I felt like there was probably two games that we weren't we weren't good. You know, there's times you just play someone and maybe they're just a little bit better. You know, you go to Hayes and, and you go to overtime and you have a chance to win that game, but they're really good. But we, we played a couple that we probably sh- should have gone our way. So there was a little bit of things that we let get out of our control. Um, and so we're right there on the bubble. Um, we went to, NCAA, or to MIAA tournament um, getting Central Missouri, who was fighting us on that bubble, um, I thought was an important game um, because we could – Again, hopefully try to control our own destiny a little bit more. Um, I thought that was a little bit of a statement game for our team leading into the postseason um, of how well we're capable of playing at times. And, um, and it, was a, it was a big time win for us to, to give us one more maybe notch above them for a postseason. So you get the win over Central Missouri. Um, the selection show comes, um, the seventh seed in the regional. Um, Maybe not. Maybe maybe on the outside. Maybe not the best chance to win the regional. But you get the seventh seed. You go in. You win three games. Um, possibly maybe the big, one of the biggest wins of your career against Ford Hayes State last last year in the um in the regional final. Just um talk about that whole weekend in Hayes. Yeah, it was a long week in Hayes, but it was a lot of fun. And um, you know, I, I've always felt um, that if you're competing in the top four to five in this league, you have a chance to be anyone in the country. I think that's how good this league is. So I I really always have felt like as long as we get in, um, we have a shot. Um, and, you know, I, perspective is everything. I think our players believe that. I think they believed it didn't matter what seed we were, that we could go be anyone that we played. And um, and that showed through that tournament. I mean, Swazoo was very talented, and um, we, you know, came out, you know, just clicking on all cylinders and then um, then had to battle through some adversity in the next two games. And we got down, I think, 16 to Kearney and, um, and then 21 to Hayes and had to, had to dig out of both of those holes to, um, to come back and win. Then uh, how was the experience down there in Birmingham? I know it only lasted a game, but how was that experience? Well, it's, it's exciting. I mean, you, you know, you've earned your right to be there, um, you know, and, and, and I was disappointed in the way we played. I felt like we just weren't um, as good as we had been. And, um, but um, obviously the, the experience is, um, is, is there's so much value in that and um, these players' careers and even their lives and their confidence. So um, obviously we were super excited to be there, but didn't want to go with the mentality that we're ha- just happy to be there. We went to win and um, just didn't play play our best game. Well, you lose a couple. You lose Corbin and Corbin and Jalen were some losses. Jalen wasn't really a loss. I mean, she's back on the bench with you guys as an assistant coach, but you got so many players coming back off that team last season. How big was that whole experience through the regional, through Birmingham and everything, and how do you think it will motivate for this season? Yeah, I mean, I you know, Corbin, um, Jalen, and Mike. Mike is one of our best defenders. She'll be, she'll be missed as well. So there's roles there that people have to step in and – um, and fill and we'll be different than we were last year. Every team is different, so we have to kind of find our own way. But um, definitely you've seen our team um, be really excited about the future and wanting to play at a high level and understand the expectations of what it takes to get there. And, and I just think that you've seen them you know, commit at an even higher level because of their success. I think some people get maybe complacent, but that's clear. that's nowhere near where this program is. 
um, they're excited about opportunities. I got a couple more questions for you. Just two more questions here. Um, first of all, the MIAA, um, the women's scene, you know, is how great it was last season. It's expected to be just like that again this season with Missouri Southern, Fort Hayes, Kearney. Just talk about your thoughts on just the MIAA women's picture. Yeah, I think it can be. I think it's going to be better um, than than last year. I think you have. Um, the teams that maybe finished in the bottom third that are getting better. Their recruits are getting better. Um, they're they're going to be better. Um, you're going to see more of the bottom tier have upsets um, that maybe didn't see last year. So I think top to bottom, it's better. Um, and then you have a lot of still you know, returning teams. I mean, Carney's had the same team forever, it seems like. This is their last go of the same group because of COVID, but very, very veteran. Missouri Southern, everyone back. Um, obviously, Lacey um, Stokes leading the way there, but fantastic cast around her. They're going to be a really great team. Hayes, um, I, I think Emporia State is going to be um, really good. I think people don't pay attention to who people sign in this league. Well, I do, and I know the kids they've signed, and they're going to be really good. So I, I think it's every night's going to be tough, and you got to be ready to compete and do the little things and not um, not beat yourself. You can't make mistakes because people are too good. And then my last question to you, Coach. This is a question that I ask almost every coach and every player. We're talking about legacy here, and legacy's been on my mind for the past you know, year, you know, several months here. When you're talking about the coaching career of Candy Whitaker, um, what kind of a legacy do you want to leave when your coaching career is all done, and how do you want to be remembered? Mm, that's, a, that's, a, that's a deep question. I mean, you know, obviously you have to win to stay in coaching. Um, that's, a, that's a given. But I, I think, you know, how you impact kids, do they believe in themselves? Do you make them better um, and stronger, right? I want really strong women coming out of our program that are, are very independent and confident young women that can go out and, and handle life. Um, that's, that's what I'm about. Well, Coach, um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know you've had a very busy day here at Media Day. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your time to talk. And just thank you for all your support and advice over the years. And um, looking forward to um, seeing you on the court this season. Sounds great. Thanks, Cliff. Appreciate it.